Hear ye, hear ye. Just imagine that it is now Sunday night, August 23rd, or any Sunday night thereafter. You've just tuned in on the NBC Coast to Coast Network, and you hear... Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. We haven't had any birthday salutes lately, but this evening's Rapidly Rotating Records show is an all-birthday edition. We're going to spotlight John Cairn Brennan, V. Lonhurst, Ruth Edding, Blue Baron, and Scott Joplin. As you're listening to the original broadcast of this show, I'm actually in Rancho Cordova, California, at the West Coast Ragtime Festival After Party, enjoying copious amounts of food, friendship, music, and adult beverages, including a bottle or two of the New York Distilling Company's Ragtime Rye, which I bring along to share with our musician and other friends. This year, the last day of the festival and the original broadcast of this show happened to coincide with Scott Joplin's birthday, November 24th, 1868. So we're going to start off the show with some tunes by the King of Ragtime.
audio recordings on shellac by Scott Joplin, but he did make recordings on paper in the form of piano rolls. And there you have one of the seven piano rolls made a year before his death that were chosen for inclusion in the National Recording Registry of the Library of Congress. Joplin's Magnetic Rag was written in 1914 and recorded in April of 1916 by the Connorized Music Company. James O'Connor was president of the firm, which also produced mechanical music machines, including the Banjo Orchestra, described as the automatic marvel of the age, whose Mission Oak case stood nearly seven feet tall and contained a banjo, piano, snare drum, bass drum, triangle, tambourine, and castanets. Sadly, there are no complete banjo orchestras still in existence. I'm not going to get into a discussion of the ethics of piano roll editing, but let's just say this performance is somewhat embellished, given that Joplin was suffering from the advanced stages of syphilis at the time, yet every single note is perfectly aligned and timed. But none of that takes away from Joplin's genius as a composer. His most famous composition, Maple Leaf Rag, was first published in Sedalia, Missouri in 1899, and before Magnetic Rag you heard it performed by the Victor Arden Trio. Pianist Victor Arden was joined by John Helberg on bass and Happy Reese on drums. That recording was made in New York on December 10, 1930. Arden also recorded Maple Leaf Rag with fellow pianist Phil Oman in 1931. We started the show with Jelly Roll Morton on December 14, 1939 in the Reeves Sound Studios in New York City, playing Joplin's original rags. Issued on the general label, Catalog number 4001. And Original Rags was, in fact, Joplin's first published piano rag. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. A few weeks ago, I played a little bit of Heaven and mentioned that the words were written by J. Karen Brennan. 
Well, this very day, November 24th, John Cairn Brennan was born in 1873 in San Francisco. The same year he wrote A Little Bit of Heaven, 1914, he became a charter member of ASCAP. His 1917 draft registration card shows him living in Stony Brook, Suffolk County, New York, working as a self-employed author and farmer, and married to his wife Helen. But in the 1920 census, he listed his occupation as actor in the vaudeville industry. From 1912 to 1930, Brennan had contributed lyrics to at least 11 Broadway shows, including Artists and Models, in 1927. In 1930, he and Helen were living in Los Angeles, where Brennan was self-employed as an author in the motion picture industry and contributed lyrics to songs in a number of feature films and shorts. Helen died before 1940, and Brennan himself died November 12, 1948, in Hollywood. He's buried in the Graceland section of Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale. Here are three from the pen of J. Karen Brennan.
in that starry space. But when one falls, God always calls a star to take its place. There's a new star in heaven will never fade from our sight. There's a new star at home in that far starry dome, shining down on his loved one tonight. There's a voice singing, please kindly lie, with a smile that has made the world bright. Valentino, goodbye. But way up in the sky, there's a new star in heaven
Nat Shilkrit and the Victor Orchestra credited on the label of Victor 21663 as the Troubadours with Beggars of Life, the theme song from the movie of the same name directed by William Wellman and starring Wallace Beery and Louise Brooks. The male vocal quartet consisted of Phil Dewey, tenors Jack Parker and Frank Luther, and bass Wilfred Glenn. They recorded it August 30, 1928, but gave up after three takes. They finally got it right on their second of three more tries on September 13, 1928. The tune Beggars of Life is by Hungarian composer Karl Hayos, who also wrote the music for Sunbeams, Bring Dreams of You, and My Other Me, recorded by Jan Garber with the Yip Harburg lyrics, sung by Lee Bennett. Rudolf Valentino was born in Italy in 1895. He came to the U.S. in 1913 and had jobs as a gardener, dishwasher, and waiter before establishing a career as a dancer in vaudeville. In 1917, he went to Hollywood and was cast in several small parts before landing the leading role in 1921's The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, which made him an overnight sensation, going on to make the romantic dramas The Shake, Blood and Sand, and The Eagle. Shortly after his final film, The Son of the Sheik, premiered, Hollywood's first male sex symbol was hospitalized in New York because of a ruptured ulcer. He died a week later on August 23, 1926, but during that week, Jimmy McHugh, Irving Mills, and J. Karen Brennan were busy writing a memorial song. And just four days later, on August 27th, Vernon Dahlhart was in Columbia's New York studio along with Carson Robison and his guitar, and Murray Kellner with his violin to record There's a New Star in Heaven Tonight, Rudolph Valentino. We started off our tribute to J. Karen Brennan with Benny Davis and the Indiana Syncopators and All Over Nothing at All, recorded in mid-1923. James S. Rule wrote the music and Brennan shares lyricist credits with Paul Cunningham. That record is on the LaBelle label. Max L. Goldberg operated a wholesale phonograph and record wholesale business on Waverly Place in New York and specialized in surplus stock and factory overruns. He filed a trademark application on March 17, 1920, claiming use of the LaBelle name on records, recording machines, and phonographs since November of 1919, but the initial releases were simply pressings provided by Columbia with a custom blue LaBelle label which didn't even identify the artist, pasted over the Columbia label. Beginning in the spring of 1922, LaBelle records were produced by the Fletcher Record Corporation and included reissues of material originally recorded by the Olympic Disc Recording Corporation. The black labels on those records carried artist credits, but they were often false. The LaBelle label was discontinued in late 1923. This very day, November 24th, marks the birth exactly 114 years ago in 1905 of Laura Lowenhurst, better known as V. Lonhurst. She was a child prodigy, and in addition to her considerable musical skill, she could also write upside down and backwards, won awards in ice skating compositions, and published her poetry at age 10. She appeared on radio, published two of her own novelty piano solos, made her first solo piano record, and became one of the original members of Roxy's Gang, a musical review broadcast live from the Capitol Theater in New York. All this she did while still in her teens. She also worked as a piano roll arranger for the Welty and Ampico companies, 
And in the late 20s, she joined Muriel Pollack in a piano duo called The Ladybugs. She was on the radio seven days a week for much of the 1930s and began composing, teaming up in 1935 with lyricist Tot Seymour. They were the first successful team of female songwriters, and their songs were heard on radio, in films, and on records, made by many of the famous dance bands of the time. She's had a couple of birthday segments in the past, but for those I've played only her tunes played by others or her piano solos. This birthday tribute is going to start off with a tongue-in-cheek performance in which you'll get to hear her sing, along with the Cavaliers. While strolling down the street one Upon mere pleasure bent T'was after business worries of the day After the worries of the day I saw a girl who shrank from me In whom I recognized My schoolmate in a village far away In a village far away Is that you, Madge? I says to her She quickly Turn away. Don't turn away, Madge. I am still your friend. Your friend, says he. Next week I'm going back to see the old folks. And I thought perhaps a message you would like to send. Some message you would like to send. Just tell them that you saw me. I guess they'll know the rest Just tell them I was looking well, you know We'll tell them so Just whisper if you get a chance to mother dear and say I love her as I did long, long ago Is thin. Come tell me, was you ill? When last we met, your eyes shone clear and bright. Your eyes shone bright. Come home with me when I go, Madge. The change will do you good. Your mother wonders where you are tonight. Just where you are.
Pianist V. Lonhurst with the Cavaliers having some fun with I'm Only a Bird in a Gilded Cage from Decca 273, recorded October 9, 1934. The Cavaliers was a pseudonym on the Columbia label for Ben Selvin's orchestra from 1924 to 1933, but I don't know who made up this vocal quartet. I'm Only a Bird in a Gilded Cage was written by Harry Von Tilzer and Arthur J. Lamb. That's the flip side of the record which started off the segment, Just Tell Them That You Saw Me. Same date, same personnel. Just Tell Them That You Saw Me was written by Paul Dresser in 1895, but had a bit of a resurgence starting in the late 20s. Most of V. Lonhurst's piano recordings are with Muriel Pollock, but in between the Cavaliers was a solo piano recording by V. of Breakin' the Piano. Unfortunately, not the highest fidelity record, that Arto 78 was recorded around November of 1922. Breaking the Piano was written by Billy James. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. Last week, November 23rd, marked the birth in David City, Nebraska, of America's sweetheart, Ruth Etting. She's had her own birthday segment several times before, so in the interest of playing all three of her records I have planned, I'm going to forego her bio and get right to the music. I'm sitting in the shadows by my fire What is this dream? I see Can this be my heart's desire Can this lucky one be me On a little dream ranch With you Riding in the sunset When the day is through what a thrill to start life on you on a little dream ranch with you and when the harvest days are over here's a prayer dear when the train Thank you. 
I go on alone? You made this whole world worthwhile, dear. Brought happiness never known. How can I go on without you? With nothing but
backed by Art Kahn and his orchestra. That was Ruth Edding and Hello, Baby, written by Richard A. Whiting and Seymour Simons. Columbia 716 was recorded in Chicago on July 27, 1926. Before that, from a March 1, 1933 Melotone 78, Ruth was asking the musical question, How Can I Go On Without You? Written by pianist, bandleader, composer, and one-time husband of Sophie Tucker, Frank Westfall. We started off our birthday salute to Ruth Edding with one that hasn't been played on the show before, On a Little Dream Ranch, from Decca 1259, recorded April 1st, 1937. On a Little Dream Ranch was written by Billy Hill. Last week, November 19th, marked the birth in 1913 in Cleveland, Ohio, of Herschel Friedland. Doesn't ring a bell? You may know him better as orchestra leader Blue Baron. He studied at Ohio State University, where he played violin in a campus band and met Sammy Kay, also a student at OSU, and who had led his own band, which Barron wanted to manage. That didn't work out, and they went their separate ways, with Barron forming his own orchestra and adopting the stage name Blue Baron. The Blue Baron Orchestra, directed by Red Atkins, former college roommate, made their first appearance on the Floating Palace showboat at Troy, New York, in October of 1936. When Atkins left the band, Barron took over full leadership, and they made their network radio debut in 1937 and opened in the green room of the Hotel Edison on January 5, 1938. For the next several years, they played engagements in hotels and theaters across the country and appeared in several motion pictures. Barron served in the U.S. Army during World War II and, after the war, resumed his musical career, leading bands into the 1960s. He died July 16, 2005, in Baltimore, Maryland, where he's buried. Here are three from Blue Baron. I never knew what love could do I used to be colorblind till I met you Till I met you, 
I never knew a setting sun could paint such beautiful skies. I never knew there were such lovely colors, but the big surprise is the red in your cheeks, the gold in your hair, the blue in your eyes. Such lovely colors, but the big surprise is the red in your cheeks, the gold in your hair, the blue in your eyes. The blue in your eyes. There's a little Dutch mill by a little Dutch kindergarten. Ambassadors of Harmony. It's the three blue notes. In the little Dutch kindergarten, by the little old cider zee, there was started the sweetest romance that anyone could see. She was dimpled and round and rosy. There was mischief within his eyes. But the teacher was never nosy, so the teacher never got wise. They could share their sweets each day in the sweetest way. That was twenty years ago, and they do the same today. Now they're married and they're so happy, and they're sending their children three to that little Dutch kindergarten down by the Zyder Zee.
big smile comes cheerful Charlie Fisher. Come get what I've got. It will hit the spot. Get your sweet and hot yam. Raise your hand and play like you hold the tray when you're on your way yam. Come on, shake your depression. Let's have a yam session. There's that long note. One, two, three, yam. Every orchestra in America will be doing the yam. from Blue Baron and his orchestra with three different vocalists. We just heard Charlie Fisher, trombonist in the band, with Irving Berlin's The Yam. The Yam is heard in the movie Carefree, where it's sung by Ginger Rogers and danced by her and Fred Astaire. Bluebird 7736 was recorded July 15, 1938. We started the segment with the flip side, I Used to Be Colorblind, with Russ Carlyle, featured vocalist with the band from 1936 to 1941. That's also from Carefree, but it's sung by Fred Astaire. In between, we were in a little Dutch kindergarten on May 18, 1938. Alfred Bryan wrote the English lyrics, which were sung by the three Blue Notes, who were the aforementioned Charlie Fisher and Russ Carlyle, plus Ronnie Snyder, who played guitar in the band. The music was composed by L. Rosenstock. All of the sheet music I found, and even the copyrights, credit L. Rosenstock. It took some digging, but I found out that the L stands for Lawrence. I'm not sure if you noticed or not, but each of those records uses a device that Baron copied from Kay Kaiser and Guy Lombardo, and that is singing the song title at the beginning of the record. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs>